What's going on, guys? You're listening to the Not Corporate Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Katz, here with my co-host, Alan Diadamo. And today, we're talking about the biggest news of the week, GameStop stock. Let's jump in. Hey, man, what's going on? Not too much, not too much. How are you doing? How are you doing this morning? Ah, I'm doing great. Doing great. Finally, the weekend. It's been a bit of a chaotic week. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, you know, for our listeners who are just jumping in, we're actually kicking off, because of all the chaos, a new type of episode this week. Oh, so, yeah. a TLDR episode where we're going to cover something that's going on in the news that we think could really use an explanation in layman's terms. And uh, so, we're really excited to kind of kick off with this format, kind of a quick bite. Uh, just get some thoughts out there and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, explain a little bit, put a little different spin on it for our listeners. So, Ben, do you want to uh, let us know what the exciting news was this week that everybody's talking about? Sure. So people can't guess. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure you guys have all heard about the stock GameStop. Um, I've been asked by more people that I've never talked to about finance related topics about this one individual company more times this week than I think that I've ever received those types of questions in general. Um, To put a long story very, very short and simple, the stock has gone through the roof. It was at around $20 the beginning of 2021, and it has absolutely been on a tear right now. I think on Friday, it closed around $320. It at one point um, got into the 400s, and it's it's been a wild ride. We actually just missed 500. Yeah. Just missed 500. <laughs> yeah. uh, disclaimer, I do not own any GameStop, uh, and I don't intend to own any GameStop. I do, uh, I do not either. No. Okay. Nope. Uh, I was not so, on the rocket ship, unfortunately. No, they they left me on the ground. I did not yep. go moonbound. Um, I have a couple friends. Actually, one of my one of my really good friends uh, did. He he was big on the Wall Street bets, Reddit type of thing, and his overall portfolio was up ten percent this week because he put an unresponsible amount of money or irresponsible amount of money into GameStop. So what either he he's smarter than me he or in? he got in around yeah. forty dollars. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I was just thinking. Some people like I was like the poor bugger who bought it at like three seventy. I was like, what an idiot! Like that person's probably kicking themselves right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been kind of a they're fighting an uphill battle. So to give you guys the the long story short of how this actually happened and what's actually going on, first and foremost, GameStop as a company is a brick and mortar retailer that sells video games, video game consoles, that type of thing. Um, not the most scalable business in today's day and age, unless they kind of change up their fundamental business model a little bit. Uh, And because of that, a lot of companies and financial institutions, hedge funds have thought that the company was going to ultimately end up filing for chapter 11, much like other like childhood beloved names, uh, Toys R Us, Radio Shack, (laughs) like that type of thing. Um, And then you've also got this Reddit sub or subreddit group called Wall Street Bets which is a investment oriented Reddit thread where people basically post different investment ideas, give each other feedback, ask questions, et cetera. So the ultimate story starts back in 2019. There is a uh, Reddit user named DFV, or that's the, that's the acronym. It stands for deep effing value. And I'm not going to say it because I technically have this podcast labeled as a clean podcast. Um, But he noticed that there was institutional, like basically companies had shorted this stock to the point where the percent of short 
of float outstanding was over 100%. And so to give our listeners context to what that actually means, um, shorting a stock means that you're betting that the stock is going to go down. What's happening behind the scenes that actually makes that happen is you're borrowing a stock that you don't own and you're selling it with the intention of later buying it back for less money than you sold it for and giving back to the person you borrowed it from. So to put that in context, I borrow GameStop for for $20 or excuse me, from Allen. I borrow one share. I sell it for $20. If that stock then goes down to $10 a month later, I can buy back a share of GameStop and give Allen his share back. And so I net the $10 difference between what I sold Allen's share for and what I paid for for the new share to give him back. The key here is that if the stock goes up, you lose money. And so if I sold Allen's share for $20 and then the stock goes up to $30, I, as the person that sold Allen's share, now am out $10 and I have to buy the share back to give to Allen. And so what can happen and what we've seen happen a little bit is if a company wants to close out a short position, they have to buy the stock to give back to the people that lent it to them. And so that in turn causes this huge wave of buying, which can lead to the stock shooting upwards even higher and higher and higher. And so the Reddit user DFV basically realized, you know, this business, like, sure, it's not growing at a crazy, at a crazy clip, but 90% of the stores are cash flow positive. Like the fundamental balance sheet isn't actually all that bad. Um, and I don't think that it justifies this huge percent of short infl- interest that exists. And so he theorized that there could be a short squeeze that would drive, um, drive up the value of, of, the, or of, of GameStop stock. And so he bought January 2021, which is basically now um, call options, which is basically a contract that says I have the right to buy X amount of shares at this price on this day. Later on in 2019, Michael Burry, who's actually the big short guy, um, famous for, for the movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a great flick. You should watch it. It gives you some, some great uh, retail investor type explanations of some pretty f- complex financial mechanisms. So pretty cool. Uh, he also realized that this stock was undervalued and that there was a, a pretty big opportunity here. So he bought in in 2019 as well. Fast forward to the beginning of 2021, and the co-founder of Chewy joins the board of GameStop. And Chewy, for those of you that don't know, is an e-commerce company that focuses on pet products. And because he was so successful with Chewy, basically investors are, got excited. And they said, you know, GameStop could push into the esports world. They could do more stuff online. Um, this could be huge for them. And so the stock, the stock took off and, and rose like 60% in one day, the day that they, it was announced that he joined the board. Um, because of this huge influx of, of like stock price, Citron Research, which is a research firm that is notorious for short selling, um, posted and basically said like, hey, you know, this is overvalued, like you're a sucker if you're buying at this price. Reddit basically took a hold of that and, and took it very personally. Um, and it, they, I don't know, like DFV had been very involved in the Reddit Wall Street Bets community for the past couple of years. He had posted um, a variety of different updates on his position on GameStop. And he has, as they're saying, diamond hands and has not sold no matter what. But so Reddit basically crowdsourced a mechanism for market manipulation by buying in massive bulk both shares and call options for the future. And so when they're buying this massive influx of call options, you also have what's called a gamma squeeze, which to basically like to, to make this as simple as possible, since because a call option is 
the ability to buy a stock at a given price um, in the future. People are buying these options for like $100, say, which like right now the stock is at $20. So it's way out of the money. They're not that expensive. But because the firms that are writing those call options and those contracts have to then be able to sell the shares to the person buying that contract, they have to offset that risk by buying some of the shares so that they have collateral to actually give to them if that were to execute. And so that also squeezes the stock price higher because they have to buy in massive bulk to offset some of that um, call writing. And so long story short, like this has been getting, uh, it's been getting absolutely ripping. Like it's been shooting upwards. Hedge funds have been getting basically like outplayed by retail investors. And uh, to be honest, there are other hedge funds that are also playing on their plan. They're joining the retail investor trend and taking advantage of the opposite side of the coin here because they see a movement and they're smart and they know that they can make money on it. Um, But it's, been a chaotic week and platform Robinhood has been made out to be a villain recently. Um, and I know I've, I've been on a bit of a monologue here, but Alan, have you, did you see what, what, what Robinhood ended up doing? Yeah, no, I mean, they pulled a couple of, so I think it was what 20 or 30 different stocks. They kind of like locked them down. So I think you could still sell and get out of your positions, but you could not buy anymore. And then they, they, I think even now they're still throttling. So you can only yeah. buy, I think it's like, five one or five shares of gamestop amc um and the i saw i think it was on cnbc but don't quote me uh the ceo of Robinhood went on and he was kind of explaining that you know as a brokerage volatility they need to have a certain amount of assets that they mm-hmm. can um you know cash reserves to basically if it goes to hell in a handbasket they can cover yep. and so he was kind of saying that that's why they had to do it is because those, you know, 30 securities that they pull, you know, throttled back high risk. Um, but I know that there's a lot of kind of conversation going on about something else, you know, kind of, Oh, there's another reason. And that's kind of what yeah. they're saying to the press. I don't know what your, your thoughts on that side of it are. I'm personally not big on the conspiracy theory thing. I think that it really came down to an insolvency concern um, yeah. because so basically what, ha- what happened is because the users could only sell, it caused a bit of a panic and there was a huge sell-off that reached like 60 something percent at one point and then closed the day at like down 40% overall uh, because it was a one-sided market. Like half the people that were buying this stuff were using Robinhood as a platform to do it. And now they don't have any mechanism to do so and they can only sell their position. And so people panic sold, which I logically like, I kind of understand. Um, they The thing that actually, I mean, kind of scared the crap out of me to be honest is Robinhood apparently actually closed out some people's positions without their consent, which is like absolutely terrifying. And sure, yeah. it might be in the terms of service that they can do that, but this is a pretty unprecedented move from a brokerage. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the whole thing. I mean, it's just, it's insane how quickly it happened. And then like, I've never seen, I mean, the, if you go on and look at the stock chart, I mean, it is comical. It's, it's not like a hockey stick. It's like a, it's, it's like a 90 degree angle. I mean, it's hilarious. It's like it's like your floor meets your wall. Like it's literally yeah. just, it's, it's absolutely insane. I mean, um, you know, it's, I think, so one of the things, you know, obviously I've you know been having a lot of conversations with some friends about this and um, you know, one of the things we were talking about, which uh, Ben, I don't know if, you know, we were at Babs and I, I took one of the, uh, it was an options and yep. futures class mm-hmm. Um and so I remember one of the big things with that is like, you know, the 
you know, having calls, puts on stocks. I mean, that was pretty much invented to, you know, you selling them is a lucrative industry, right? You get the, you know, the $5 or whatever it is on a call option, you're selling options. And I remember back in 2014, I think it was a buddy of mine, you know, the two of us were doing some trading. Uh, we were using E-Trade at the time and you couldn't trade options. You had to get, you know, your account, there were certain limits. Mm-hmm. And so I think what happened in, and, you know, I think Robinhood, I think they allowed options trading back in like 2013, but it's definitely kind of exposed, you know, it was created back in the day when I think, you know, I think the first time they put options on stocks was in like what, 84 or something. And it's like, it was created as like a thing that institutions were selling. Like, right. you know, Joe on the corner of the street could not buy a call option. It was something <laughs> that they were, you know, they were using to basically, it was a cash machine for them. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden I think it's getting exposed to like, you know, back then it was like institutions were using it as a tool and now everyday people are using it as a mm-hmm. tool. And I think that's, what's kind of an interesting thing is like, you've got some people who are like kind of, you know, crying boohoo on wall street. And it's kind of like, I mean, Hey, you have been raking in cash yep. on options for years. And most individuals, everyday people did not even have the opportunity to, be party to that. And so now you're getting upset because I mean, I'm also kind of surprised that like, you'd think they'd be a little bit more covered on something like that. I <laughs> yeah, mean, considering I their think name one is of the a firms, hedge fund, they didn't do a very good job of hedging their positions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like in one of the firms, I mean, I also just taken a step back. I mean, objectively I would be, if I'm in the position where I'm investing with a hedge fund, which obviously I'm not. So this is like just my opinion, but like, I don't know about you. I would be furious if I get a phone call saying, Hey, like we just got wiped out. Hey, what was it over? Uh, GameStop, GameStop, like of all the things in the world, that's going to take you out in 2021. Like I'm surprised GameStop even exists right now. Like I was getting like, absolutely smacked by a bunch of internet strangers. Yeah. I mean, and so that to me, I think that's like kind of a, I think to some extent, I think there's a lot of egos going on as well. Yeah. And I think for some of those firms, I mean, it's, you know, to that point, I think it is a little embarrassing to like, you know, what's the thing that's kind of like messing up your, <laughs> your business right now? Uh, GameStop. Like, yeah, seriously. I mean, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I don't know. I, I have a hard time seeing, I'm like, how does, because like I said, we're having some conversations about it. A couple of my friends, um, you know, obviously, you know, being in B school, everybody's like, Ooh, you know, GameStop, let's talk about it. And I mean, one of the things we we're talking about is like, I just don't see, I get, you know, uh, Kellen from Chewy, he's on the, you know, the board now. Um, like I get it guys successful makes sense, but on like, uh, just from that. And I'm not like a huge video gamer. So like, don't, you know, I'm not, uh, like deep in that space, but like, I don't see how GameStop, route to market i don't understand how they really tap into online because i'm thinking like the app store so mobile games go through the app store so you're not going to go to gamestop.com and buy it uh games now on the consoles i think you can just buy from you know playstations uh you know hub or like xbox i think even um the last console i had was a 360 but i remember you could you could download games there so i'm like i don't really see where like i think what they should do is they should I don't know if there's any market for it, but they should issue equity at this ridiculous valuation right now 
use the money that they get from doing that to actually put make a push into the esports like League of Legends type of events um, and sponsoring yeah. teams and like setting up the infrastructure for that. Like I think that that could be an interesting move for them. Um, so they basically pivot into more instead of being a retailer, then they're more like an active participant in the space. Yeah, I, I guess almost they... like a, like an IBM shift is what you're talking about is going from selling the product to now they're you know consulting their services. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that like if you kind of ho- like hold on to that brick and mortar dream as much as they have that you're going to just end up going down with the ship. But I think that they have the resources and like their balance sheet isn't actually that bad. Uh, they have the ability to make a pivot here. And if they can take advantage of what they've seen happen over the past couple of weeks, then it would be a pretty, pretty fascinating case study overall, to be honest. Um, one other thing that I think might come out of this just from a trading perspective is I'd be curious to see, and we will see if, there are any impacts long-term on retail investors ability to get margin um, because Robinhood obviously made it incredibly easy. Like I, I have access to margin on Robinhood. I don't use it. I don't suggest that any of you listening use it um, unless you really know what you're doing, which to be honest, like I, <laughs> I don't know that you do. And so it's, I mean, it's a risky game. Um, and part of the reason why Robinhood had, had the insolvency issues is because people were borrowing money to then plow into option calls on GameStop. And so if people are borrowing money to invest in the same incredibly risky asset, if that asset ends up going down to zero, then no one's going to be able to pay back the money that they borrowed and then Robinhood screwed. And so if yeah. this entire situation happened and they hadn't been borrowing money to do it, it might have shaped out a little bit differently and there might not have been those restrictions on trading. Like, I don't know, um, but it's just something to think about. Yeah, and I mean, even, you know, it's that point to armor, you know, like I said, that one, you know, class I'd taken, I remember a bulk of the content was really focused on not just, you know, it was obviously like valuing, like what is a call? What is a put? Mm-hmm. What are they worth? The Black Scholes model, which like clearly yeah. no longer is useful for valuing options. Exactly. But like, I think a big part of that class too is like, we really went into, uh, you know, packaging, you know, bonds, the stock calls, puts, you package them up into, you know, synthetic calls, synthetic stocks, like yep. you package them up where you're covered to some extent. And the whole, a bulk of that course was really looking at, okay, how do you package all these things together to right. really minimize the downside, create that upside for yourself. But to some extent you're covered. straddles, butterflies, yeah. like all the different like combined options. Exactly. Like, like yeah. covered calls, stuff like that. And it's like, you've got people here where like, to your point, they're just going all in on GameStop five hundred dollar calls, and yeah, like, and like these people like don't, I, you know, they're just buying calls. They don't have anything. Some people on the will back lose end. their shirts on this. Yeah, so I think that's kind of the the eye opener here is to your point of you know, and obviously Robinhood, uh, you know, gamified trading, and so I think there's kind of this, you know, you literally just pick up your phone and you're you know, buying calls and puts. And I think to some extent it probably doesn't, you know, I think to some people it's there's like that, not to get too much on the psychology of it, but like, it's a game. Like it doesn't feel real, I guess, to some yeah. extent. I mean, you know, you're, Especially using, when real you're money. using stimulus check money. <laughs> yeah. But like, to some extent, it's kind of like, you know, stocks only go up. Like I'm fine. <laughs> Dave Portnoy, they yeah, traded global. Yeah. So Anyway, yeah, we they, just uh, to your point, they definitely do want to. Uh, has this, have you seen anything as a CEO or anybody from GameStop actually said anything? Like, I feel like I've 
I really haven't seen anything from them. Not that I've seen, but like it must be a fascinating time to be inside that company. Yeah, like I. Oh, so if he has stock-based like, compensation, <laughs> I would. Are you kidding me? Like so I'm saying, listen, like are they? I, like if I was them, I'd be like. Pfft. I don't think anybody, including the people that are buying GameStop stock right now, actually think that the cash flows in the future will justify a valuation that they're no. currently trading at. No, no, I think 100%. that it's solely built around the concept that they think that they can continue to squeeze the hedge funds into driving the stock price higher short term. It's all a trade. It's not an investment. And exactly. I'm sure that GameStop management is equally as aware of that as everybody in the market is. Anyway, yeah, I mean, shoot, we, you go to their... <laughs> insane look at their stock just like over the years i mean if you haven't seen their I, stock chart you should you should pull it up it's comical i mean it's it's just like straight line 90 degrees right up oh yeah <laughs> took the elevator to the penthouse <laughs> big time anyway we wanted to give you guys just a quick uh quick update on what's been happening a little bit of an explanation and kind of give get our thoughts on it so if you have any other questions, feel free to tweet at us. My Twitter is at Ben L. Katz. Alan, I'm going to let you do yours again because I forget it. Uh, mine is, it's at Alan Diadamo, no apostrophe one. So at Alan Diadamo one. All right. And we will talk to you guys soon. Take care. Mm-hmm.